welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode 109. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you for the next little bit here. I love it. It's free agency week still. We have one week in the books. We're going to do a little grading on the free agency so far. We're going to get into your voicemails and have a ton of fun along the way. Don't you forget it. But before that, we got a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. Round of applause. As always, for the best sponsor of the show today, I'm excited to announce that Manscaped is launching their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's not for your, you know, not so private areas. This is for your not so private areas. We we, we do stuff also for them, like the lawnmower 4.0 for your private areas. This is for the regular stuff. I'm talking about leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all in one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you literally from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Four million men worldwide. Trust Manscaped. Join in on them. Why don't you? Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-2-0. JETS20 for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself something nice over at Manscaped.com. So, been a busy week. We have some new Jets. We've lost some Jets, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to try to smack a grade on it and give it a grade, because why not? Things have context. It's not good enough to just say, hey, they were, you know, pretty good. I'm excited about it. No, we got to grade it. So let's start about it. Okay. Ads. CJ Uzama, Lincoln Tomlinson, DJ Reed, Tyler Conklin, Jordan Whitehead, Braxton Berrios, Jake Martin is the big group of the bunch. You also brought back Dan Feeney. You also brought back uh, your kicker, which you, you got to love bringing back the kicker. Uh, he, he ended up being fine in the second half of the year anyway. Uh, it was it was a good move to bring in uh, to bring back uh, Pinheiro or bring him in from the get go. Anyway, uh, you brought back Connor McDermott and guys like that. But let's talk about the the big time ads. That's what I really want to focus on. So uh, being able to. Re- retain Braxton Berrios was something that even on the Monday of free agency, I was not confident in the Jets being able to do because there were rumors that he was going to get $8 million a year, which is just crazy. He ends up getting $6 million, a two-year deal worth $12 million, $6 million a year. Totally fair, totally reasonable. Uh, and he, to me, makes the most sense to be your kick returner and punt returner and about a wide receiver four. Now, as at the second, he's wide receiver three, but I'm hoping the Jets add more to that room in the wide receiver in the draft to the wide receiver room because I, I think you need a little bit more high end skill there. But he is very good depth. He can come in. He's reliable. He's great on special teams. It was important to keep him, so that was good. the The first big signing of the day was Lincoln Tomlinson, and he was someone who was a Pro Bowl caliber left guard last year. For San Francisco. And the initial reaction, I was excited, but the initial reaction by some was panic because man, he played left guard last year. Oh, are you going to move Elijah Vera Tucker to right guard now? Or are you going to move this guy over to right guard? Can he even play right guard? Okay, relax. Number one, you're not moving Elijah Vera Tucker. He came in and played guard on the left side as a rookie and was good from day one. He's going to take a step forward in year two. Uh, 
he's a good player. You're not you're not messing with it. He's he's fine. You're not worried about Elijah Vera Tucker. You're gonna move Tomlinson over to the right side, and he played the right side in college. It's gonna be okay, guys. I promise. So now your offensive line from left to right, more than likely, because yes, there's a competition at at tackle. But let's just say for a second, George Fant, Elijah Vera Tucker. Connor McGovern, Lincoln Tomlinson, Makai Becton on the right side. That is a very good offensive line. If everyone is healthy, even if they don't draft Tyler Linderbaum or Iki Aquanu, which some people still want to do, which, okay, fine, but like, let's just take it for face value as for what it is. If everyone is healthy, this is, without question, the best offensive line in the AFC East. And arguably a top 10 line in the NFL. They were like middle of the pack last year. And that was without Mekhi Becton. And that was with George Van Rotten or Van Roten and LDT last year at right guard. You improve the right guard significantly with someone who made a Pro Bowl last year. I'm not even saying he has to make a Pro Bowl again, but just a steady above average starting guard. You're factoring in a year two Elijah Vera Tucker leap. You're factoring in George Fant being just as good again on the left side. And you're factoring in Makai Becton and that run blocking ability coming in here. Because at times, especially earlier in the year, the Jets run blocking stunk. It was not very good. But Tomlinson as a run blocker, excellent. I mean, picture perfect for what the Jets are trying to do. He did it in San Francisco at a high level. Makai Becton, we, we, as a rookie, we know how good he was as a rookie. Or even like, let's just say, let's get nuts. Let's say they do take Iki Kwanu and trade Makai Becton. That's still a top 10 unit. So offensive line expectations through the roof. You're trying to do right by your young quarterback. Love it. I'm going to group together the two tight ends because why not? CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Are they stars at the position? No. Are they steady and significantly better than any tight end on the roster last year? 1000% yes. 1,000%. C.J. Uzama won the leadership that he brings. Have you seen any of the videos that he's put together? Phenomenal. Pretty good blocker. Great yards after the catch. Tyler Conklin, just 26 years old, stepped up big with Irv Smith out last year. And just another one who's good at You have two tight ends who are good yards after the catch. It tells you what the Jets are trying to do offensively. I feel like I say this every goddamn week, but the Jets really did try to run 12 personnel last year, two tight ends on the field with Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft. It did not go very well because Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft are borderline roster players on most NFL teams. They were starting tight ends for the Jets because the Jets had probably the worst tight end room in football. And they went out and they spent some money, but I think worthwhile money, on the position, and it's going to help your young quarterback and your just offense in general because we know what they were dealing with on the outside at wide receiver last year. I mean, Elijah Moore, when healthy, was really good. Corey Davis, down year, um, but you're hoping that he bounces back. Braxton Barrios coming back is good, and we're hoping one more wide receiver. Now you have a legitimate-looking offense, which is you need you need to compete, especially in the AFC. Now we'll go over to the defense and talk about DJ Reed. The Jets bring him in from Seattle. This is a a corner who's going to start on the outside. This isn't a, oh, you know, this is just depth. No, he is a starting outside corner uh, and was really, really good for Seattle. He was significantly 
uh, better than when he spent, you know, his earlier time in his career with Robert Sala uh, in San Francisco. So he took a step forward in his development. Reed did. Um, and he's still young. His money wasn't crazy. He's going to start. And I think more than likely, it's going to be Bryce Hall on the other side. Allegedly, it's going to be a competition between Hall and Eccles for the other starting spot. But I don't I don't buy that. I think Hall is the better of the two. And I think Eccles comes in uh, as a rotation. So um, I don't think this 1,000% takes them out of the Sauce Gardner conversation in the first round. But I think I'd be a little bit surprised based on the rest of what we saw in free agency. My money is on edge and wide receiver in the first round Jordan Whitehead at safety now obviously we're going to get to Marcus May in a second but the Jets bring back LaMarcus Joyner that's another one but they needed to sign a free agent safety and it looks like maybe they were flirting with Marcus Williams that didn't work out obviously but Jordan Whitehead is still young and he's coming from a defense that won a Super Bowl a couple years ago and had a couple of deep playoff runs and while maybe he's not the best man coverage guy he is very good in coverage and zone, and he is an elite-level run defender, which the Jets were really bad against the run last year, and they brought in two guys. That's another thing. DJ Reed is a great tackler. Sure, he's undersized at 5'9", but he can come up and stop the run like the best of them. It, it, like size is a very overrated thing for corners. If you can play on the outside, you can play on the outside, and Reed can especially in this system. And so could Whitehead. He can come down and make some plays. And Jake Martin's another one. Like he was their first one where you said, who, who's that? He's been okay. This is kind of like what Vinny Curry was supposed to do for this defense last year. He's a rotational guy. It's going to be Martin. It's going to be uh Huff as your, you know, you guys, you, you mix in we know how much the jets like to mix and match on the defensive line. So, you know, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to rack up five plus sacks next year? Probably not. But as a, Pass rush specialist, maybe on third downs. Sure, why not? A little little depth. You throw a couple, of, you know, some some coins at them. It's fine. So those are your ads. Your losses: Marcus May, which I was sad to see Marcus May go, but you knew it was coming, right? Especially after the DUI, especially after the um, the whole situation with his agent over the last year. Um, he got hurt this past year and he got pretty big money, by the way, from the Saints, which I was surprised, but good for him. He was a good jet um, on some really crappy, bad teams. He was a very good jet. He ended the streak of just useless second round picks because before that, the last second round pick that had any sort of value or use was in 2007 with David Harris. So thank you, Marcus May. Foley Fadukasi. He got paid by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags spent a ton of money in free agency. One of them was on Fadakasi. He gets $10 bucks a year, which, again, I don't think makes sense for the Jets to bring him back, but he's a good player. He, you know, he's solid, and I'm, I'm happy that he got paid. A really, He was a leader and a really good player on this Jets team, but it, it, it made sense to move on. You weren't going to pay him at that price. And Morgan Moses goes to the Ravens where did he sign a mega deal? No, but he's going to get a chance to start, which is he wasn't going to get a chance to start here for the New York Jets. So I don't fault him for a second for going. I think it's, you know, like I said, it's more than fair to see him go and uh, get a contract to where he's going to play. And those three guys are all going to be in a spot where they're going to get significant playing time. The Ravens will fight for a playoff spot. The Saints, maybe, depending on what their quarterback situation is, will fight for a playoff spot. And the Jags, well, you know, they're hoping that they take a step in the right direction. Doug Peterson's there now, Trevor Lawrence in year two. And we'll see. But how do we slap a grade on this? Well, 
I'm going to try. I have this offseason so far at an A-. minus. I think it's been very, very good. Um, now, I've seen some free, some people, some beat writers say B-, minus, which just sounds way too low. Um, I don't think it's an A or an A+. Plus. I think it's been solid. So B+, plus, A-, minus, somewhere in that range. I'm a little bit more on the positive side, so I'll go A- minus for this one. I still think you need more at wide receiver. I still think you need more at edge, linebacker, safety, running back, corner. And you could do that in the NFL draft. You could do that with trades. You could do that with some free agency. So we'll see what they do going forward. The NFL draft is in a little over a month, so I can't wait for that. But just overall, again, you still need more wide receiver and edge are the two things that I have absolutely circled as must adds early linebacker safety. Same thing. We'll see if they add depth at running back and corner, maybe more on the offensive line, maybe more at defensive tackle. Uh, but overall I am happy with the offseason period. It's probably my favorite free agency period that Joe Douglas has had. Um, I liked last year. I was very high on the Carl Lawson signing Corey Davis. I was like, okay but um i don't know i really like a lot of the, the two tight ends really liked i was surprised that they added two pleasantly surprised lincoln tomlinson i think was huge reed and jordan whitehead are going to be immediately impact guys on this defense you brought back braxton barrios you added some depth continue to do more i like it so so far a minus is where i'm at let me know in the comments or on social media by the way depending on where you're consuming this uh what you grade the off season or the free agency period, I guess, more specifically. So my question for you for versus this week, if you haven't been following along, I've been posing questions on versus uh, it's an app where you're able to, well, answer yes or no questions and potentially win some money. So uh, my question for you this week is on Wednesday, the Brooklyn nets are in action. Will Kevin Durant score 30 or more points in that game? Yes or no. The link to play will be down in the description below. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, we did KD a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was the same question actually. And he was on the under, he was like 20 something points uh, last week was who did I do? Julius Randle scoring 25 plus. Now I'm on KD. Will he score 30 plus points on Wednesday for the Brooklyn Nets? So click the link and answer the question. Next up, we're going to get into the voicemails. Let's get us started in the voicemail section. First up is Owen in Florida. We're going to talk some uh, Joe Douglas. Hey, Matt. This is Owen calling from Florida, and I just wanted to say that although I've been watching for three years, I know uh, around this time kind of marks your two-year anniversary of kind of when your channel really started to blow up when quarantine started, so I want to say congratulations with that. Thank you. But second of all, I would like to say I feel like I hear Jets fans complain all the time about how Joe Douglas has his set price and how he's very stubborn with it and very set with it. Except then we see trades like Blake Cashman where his stubbornness and him being set with the price ends up benefiting the Jets. So I just want the Jets fans to realize that in free agency, sometimes he won't go up higher in price and that will hurt us. But in trades, sometimes he's, he's going to get the right value for the guys. So I think that we should all be willing to put trust in Joe. I feel like he's earned it up to this point. And go Jets. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for calling in and thank you for the kind words. It means a lot. And yeah, I mean... The, the the last few years from 2020 hasn't been the best um, for me, for 
a lot of people, but one positive I could take away is when the, the growth of this channel. And maybe that's a little bit selfish, um, but I, I appreciate the support that I've gotten over the last few years. And it really does mean a lot. I love that I'm able to do this every single week, every day. I really love it. But um, as for Joe Douglas, for the most part, I really like the things that Joe Douglas has done, um, especially in the draft and with trading away players. I think at times he's maybe been a little more conservative than I would have been, which is fine. And again, like I've, I've said it and I, I would consider myself a Joe Douglas fan, but there have been things that he's done or has not done that I think were mistakes. And that doesn't mean, and if you criticize the general manager or a coach or a player for anything, that doesn't mean that you're anti that player. I hate this narrative that it's either you have to be 100% on board with something that a player or coach or person does or 1000% against it. It can't be, there's no gray area. It's either black or white, which is just something that I can't stand. And that I'm obviously that's not what Owen's saying, but like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know with any, with anything. Like if I say that, I, man, I wish the, I wish Joe Douglas took one of their mid round picks and traded it for a more established player has somehow turned into me being a hater or how I would be a terrible general manager. And it's like, can we just like relax maybe a little bit and just, I like the approach that Joe Douglas is take, but I don't think he is a perfect general manager. Again, really like the guy, Think he has this team going in the right direction, but has he been batting a thousand? No, I don't think so, and that's okay. Owen, I agree with you. Hopefully, we see a massive step up in the future here. Matt is calling up next. We're going to talk some Garrett Wilson. All right, let's do it. I like Garrett Wilson. Matt Anders, first time, oh, Anders. long time. Excuse me, thirty-year season ticket holder, and. I have a suggestion at number 10. Garrett Wilson, pick him at number 10. The crowd will be inspired to do the Wilson chant, and this will enable to give Zach and Garrett more confidence in the future. I think it's even more important than even getting Drake London. Thanks a lot. Later. I also prefer Garrett Wilson over Drake London. So I'm with you there. And my bed, my notes were wrong. I had Matt down instead of Anders. Um, so, Oh, let's hang this up. It's still rolling for some reason. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is the more polished prospect. They are very different though. If you want someone who is going to be more of a red zone threat, big body guy, then there is your answer. You would then want uh, Drake London. If you want a pristine route runner, someone with a little bit more speed, you probably would then sign or draft, I guess I would say, Gary Wilson, which is which is fine. It's really all just personal preference. Um so yeah, like I said, it, it's it's preference. I prefer Wilson. There are tons of fans who like Drake London. There are people who even have Drake London as wide receiver one in this draft class. I think it's a little bit crazy. Uh, I think Traylon Burks and even an, an injured Jameson Williams I would have above him. 
um, and as well as Garrett Wilson. But again, if you want that big body red zone threat, there is your answer with with Drake London. I worry a little bit about speed and separation with him. That's it. Does it mean that he's undraftable? Does it mean that he's not a first round player? No, it's I just prefer a couple of other wide receivers over him. For example, Garrett Wilson. I think he's someone in Garrett Wilson. I think he's someone who could come in and have a a greater than Elijah Moore impact in year one. I think this is someone who can give you 900 plus yards in year one, a thousand, maybe even a thousand yards in year one. Uh, which I know people say, well, at the 17th game, a 1,000 yards doesn't mean anything. Well, shut up. The Jets haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver or rusher since 2015. You can't set the bar crazy high, right? You're like, oh, my God, how can you be happy if a, if a rookie wide receiver put up a 1,000? So shut up. I, I, it drives me crazy with these comments that I get in, in, the, in the comment section on here or on social media. Like, don't get it. We got Eric calling in. He's from Fort Lauderdale up next, and uh, we're going to do some pass rush conversation. All right, let's do it, dude. What's going on, Matt? This is Eric. I'm calling from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I was just doing some thinking. I don't know if it's just the the free agency hype and how everything has been going, how good it's been, Uh, but I was looking at Jacob Martin, and I was thinking, and I wanted to get your thought on it, Last year, how we kind of how we got Quincy Williams and he came in and he kind of played really well just because it was a better system fit. What do you think are the odds that this guy comes in who's been getting better, not marginally, but getting better every year? What do you think he, are the odds he comes in and kind of takes that step up where he becomes that like I don't want to say he's going to be a huge piece, but at least something a little bit better than what we've seen before in the past room. I think that him being in this defense. With Robert Salah, he could take a step up. So that's exciting to me. I wanted to see if you think that uh, there's potential for him to really grow and become better than he's been in the past uh, now that he's on a different system with a guy that's leading the team like Robert Salah. Yeah. Thank you so much, and go Jets. Interesting question, interesting point of view. Um, I, I think he is someone who is going to thrive in a role where he can just get after the passer. Is he great against the run? No. I, I would say probably not. Uh, is he someone who has nice bend and could be a, you know, just you put him, put him in on third down and have fun every once in a while. Yeah. I kind of look at him in this the same way as I look at uh, Bryce Huff. Um, I don't want them as a starter, but as a, you know, tier two coming in every once in a while in pass rush situations. Absolutely. And that's a good example with like Quincy Williams. That's another one where like, I don't love the idea of him being a starting linebacker, but if he can be someone who can rotate in, I think there's some value there. You have to fill out your roster, right? Like you can't, it can't be super top heavy and you have zero depth. Like you need some middle of the road, you know, guys who can rotate in, which is, well, exactly what I think Martin is. I think he's solid. I think Vinny Curry is what I compared him to in the sense of the role they're going to play. Obviously Vinny Curry had a, a, really long, steady, solid NFL career, but um, I look at them in a a similar way in the roles and what they're going to play. So thank you for calling in, Eric. I I agree with what you're saying. Let's do Shane in New Jersey up next. We got a little mock. Ooh, interesting. All right. Hey, Matt O'Leary. How we doing? Shane from Jersey giving you a call. Um, 
Uh, I guess my question today would be uh, the receiver you want most or like most. Uh, I know we still got like pro days and stuff, but man, I have been watching highlights. I'm, I'm all over Garrett Wilson. I am absolutely 100% all over him. Originally, I didn't want receiver, but this free agency's kind of just been funny how, you know, a week, two weeks ago, that we, we had a million guys who wanted to draft and everyone had different ideas. And then slowly but surely, JD is just filling these holes. And I'm loving the moves they're making because he's trying to build something, seeing what fits. So. I have absolutely no complaints whatsoever. Um, four, you know, still Thibodeau for me. Uh, me too. I get that good DN, or if it's someone else that they think, sure. But 10, I'm all over Wilson. If he happens to go before, I'd be cool with uh, Drake London as the second guy. I just think he's massive, and why not yep. give him a shot for the ball? Or a trade back. But what Gary Wilson reminds me of Justin Jefferson, the way he just runs routes mm. and catches the ball. And then he goes and runs like a 4-3-8 at the combine. Um, I'm a Michigan guy, so at first I just wasn't a fan of Ohio State, but, I mean, I'm all over him. I think that's the guy we need to get. Who do you think um, is your favorite receiver? Who would you like to see us get? Or, I guess, too, if you don't think we go receiver at 10, like, what do you think your takes? But, yeah, that's about it for my call. Love the show, man. Go Jets. Be good. Thank you, Shane. Very much so. Appreciate it. It's funny that you say you're a Michigan guy because my girlfriend and her dad are both Michigan fans and they obviously hate Ohio State. And anytime I talk to her dad, he's like, I just don't want Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. And it's really it's nothing else uh, more than he just hates Ohio State, which is really, really. He also did not want Justin Fields last year because he went to Ohio State, uh, which is just a, a funny tidbit. But um I people have soured so much on Traylon Burks after his awful combine, awful combine. But look, I, I still think for me, it's at the top. My two favorite are Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson. Um, either of the two, I, I just based off what I believe, um, I think the Jets would prefer of the two Garrett Wilson, uh, just from the route running abilities. And I agree that he surprised me with his speed um, that he displayed at the combine. So I, Justin Jefferson, some lofty expectations, not that you're saying expectations, excuse me, more so just like if the, if the, he turns into Justin Jefferson, holy hell, let's go. But I think he's like, like I said, a couple calls ago, you could just pencil him in for a, a thousand yards as a rookie and forget about it, man. That's, that would be a great ad. I think he is an immediate guy who would come in and be able to play right away. Hopefully the Falcons don't take him at eight because, well, the Falcons, man, they they have zero wide receivers. I can't tell you a single wide receiver on that team. Cordell Patterson they just brought back. Great. Phenomenal. But it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, Chad, okay, Chad Hansen's there. there. He's like their third or fourth wide receiver on the depth chart, which that tells you everything you need to know uh, about the state of their wide receiver core right now. Uh, thank you, Shane. We're going to go Frank in Staten Island. Uh, we're going to talk about tight ends. Hey, Matt. It's Frank from Staten Island. I was curious on your take of who you think would be a number one tight end this year for the Jets with the Conklin signing and Uzama. I know the Jets like to run two, person, two tight end personnel a lot, and I want to know who you think has the better upside and who you think would be a field on the field more when there's only one tight end on the field. Thanks, and I'm really excited for this season. Let's go. Love it, dude. I think that's a really good question, by the way, because uh, you're right. They went out and signed two tight ends for relatively similar money, but I would uh, imagine Uzama is going to be the starter. Um, and it's going to be like starter in theory. Like, I think they'll mix and match for the most part. And like you said, they're going to use two tight ends uh, much more than I think some people are, are thinking here. Um, 
but I would think they lean with the veteran. Um, Conklin and Conklin's not a bad tight end too. I think he is a high ceiling, or excuse me, a high end tight end too. Um, I don't think either puts up massive numbers, but if they both hover around, I don't know, 400, 500 receiving yards, or maybe if they combine, let's say they combine for a thousand receiving yards. I think you take that because of just how bad the tight end room has been for ever since Dustin Keller left in 2012. They went a decade pretty much without a tight end. You had Austin Severian Jenkins, who was like, okay for 2016. And that was about it or 2017, whatever. Um, But I would say probably Uzama was going to be the starting tight end. Um, And Conklin's not like, but what I like with them is they're both good at yards after the catch. So you get on the ball in space and let them go. Like it should, this offense should turn into, and and like, obviously Wilson needs to take a step forward, but if you can make life easy and like, I don't know, you have those two do like a crossing pattern, hit one of them, you know, and a a five yard throw turns into a 15 yard completion because they get 10 yards after the catch. That's great. And you're going to see these numbers, his passing yard numbers go up, which how many games, did Zach Wilson's passing yards get skewed down because of the number of drops that you saw or guys couldn't do anything after they caught the ball or different things like that. Get get playmakers on the field so that you can turn these Zach Wilson games and start putting some nice statistical you know numbers out there, which at times can stats be overrated? Yes, but I, I don't think anyone will tell you that you know Zach doesn't have to improve statistically. He looked eye test wise better the final five games or whatever of the year, but the, the touchdown numbers and some of the stats have to have to go up. It was a good sign to see the eye test look better, but these numbers have to improve in year two, and I think they do. We're gonna close out with Ben in New Jersey. We got some free agency review, some free agency thoughts. Let's do it. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. So obviously, the free agency period started last week. And I'm just here to give my thoughts on the bigger signings that we made and just to give my praise for Joe Douglas for really improving this team now with, like, the star talent that we're in free agency, but, like, young guys who have a lot of upside who you can get out of the contract after one or two years and um, just guys who can just come in and make an impact. So I'm going to start off with our first signing, Lakin Tomlinson. Absolutely love it. I I wanted him since before free agency started. Played in San Francisco as a pro bowler. And guard was a huge need for us. And right now, if Dyson comes back healthy, we have a complete offensive line that very well could be the best offensive line in our division. Um, our next signing, CJ Uzama. You know, the tight end market really took a dip after Mijoku and Don Schultz got tagged, but I love CJ Uzama. Great after the great run after the catch guy. Yep. And I just love his energy. He's just a bona fide leader. Yes. And he can be our Dustin Keller. I hope. Um, next signing, DJ Reed. You know, I was I wanted Stephon Gilmore after seeing the reports that we were one of the front runners for him, but I am more than happy with DJ Reed. In fact I'm even happier. He's only five nine, but he's 25 years old, plays bigger than he is. And he was the eighth best corner in the league analytically. You can't really ask for much more than that. And then we got Jordan Whitehead just uh, two hours later. 
another signing that just beats up the secondary and fills a glaring need at strong safety, which yep. we didn't really have any bodies or talent there last year. And Jordan Whitehead can hit, man. He, he hits you like a train, and he can force the ball out from anyone. And our two other signings, Tyler Conklin from the Vikings, another tight end. I was a little, I mean, to be honest, at first, I was like, okay, another big tight end. I kind of wanted Trey McBride in the draft, but this shows that we can put our focuses um, somewhere else. We don't have to draft a tight end with the date with an early day two pick. And they call him Gronklin for a reason. The dude is an <laughs> awful bring down, and he's a great run blocker. We're gonna love this guy. And our final, like, I guess, bigger signing, not really big, but some impactful, Jacob Moran, situational edge rusher. That's all he really asked for. He'll be the Vinny Curry role for us. Hopefully he can yep. stay healthy. That's all I have to say. Let me hear your thoughts, and as always, go Jess. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think you hit it. I think you hit all of them. I agree with almost every single point you just made there. They they added a lot of guys at significant positions of need. They got two tight ends, which they had arguably the worst tight end room in the entire sport last year. You added a corner who is really good in zone. You added a safety who's really good in zone. You added a offensive lineman, a guard, who is picture perfect for this offense. Retained Seven Coleman, retained Braxton Barrios, retained some other depth guys on the offensive line. You brought back Eddie Pinheiro. Like, I don't know. It was good. I graded it as A minus. I think it was really, really solid. And hopefully, after the NFL draft, this roster continues to look completely different than what it was in 2021. Because I don't want to see another four win team. I don't want to see a six win team. I want them to win eight. Nine games, somewhere around there. That would be phenomenal. Seven as the floor. I don't want them to be five and 12 or six and 11. Win some football games, man. Be more competitive. Put up points. So it's going to be another big month. I appreciate you guys sticking with me on this episode. Let me know in the comments below once again how you would grade this offseason or this free agency period, I guess. I don't know why I keep saying offseason, but free agency period. Yeah, let's do it. Subscribe here if you are new. I appreciate all the love and support. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.